in an abandoned underground city at the Spanish coast near Malaga, I found a USB stick containing 300 random movies from arthouse to weird, from obscure to notorious. Now, in lockdown, it is time to watch and discuss them all in an international podcast project. Two Turks and a German, two filmmakers and a mystery man. Welcome to Mysterium Pictorum. Welcome, welcome to Mysterium Pictorum, episode 26. This time we watched the silent film classic Hexen and we did so with a very special guest, Dave, from the fantastic Cinema Lennials podcast. Dave, who are you? Hi, I'm Dave Lewis. I am the host of Cinema Lennials, which is a podcast where myself and another millennial talk about a classic movie that we haven't seen before and see how it relates to our world today. You know what I love most about your podcast, besides the great research and all the information you get about every film? The guests. Uh, in particular, one guest. One guest who is very dear to me. Um, hmm. Who could that be? Yeah, I will just, I will just leave that there. Uh, people can uh, go to your podcast and find out for themselves. Uh, Nissan, who are you? Hi, my name is Nissan. I'm a filmmaker and an actor from Germany and from Turkey and also a podcaster. So creative. Every time a different <laughs> introduction. Jaren, who are you? Hi, I'm Jaren and that's all you need to know. The polar opposite. Lars, who are you? Oh, I'm so Ooh. glad you asked. My name is Lars Henriks. I'm a filmmaker, writer and actor from Hamburg, Germany. You can find out things about me on www.larshenriks.de. I'm not updating it uh, currently because, as I said last time, uh, I'm in the middle of two theater productions at once. I have no time for the internet, but sometimes I'm on Twitter. It's at Henriks Lars. Uh, visit and me there. on TikTok. Yes, but I haven't updated TikTok. TikTok forever. I will, uh, I will talk about my TikTok again once it's worth it. The most important question, and I think, Dave, you go first. How did you like the film? I thought it was really interesting. There's parts that I were, I was like kind of bored at, but the end I found really fascinating, the commentary on um, psychology and people's psychosis and how we might be misinterpreting the people of the past and how we mistreat the people of the present. Interesting. Jaren, uh, you next. How did you like it? As David said, it was really interesting to see how the period they were handling were actually looking at the issues. But also, I think it might be the first ever PowerPoint slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's definitely in there. Nissan, how did you like it? Um, yeah, I also liked it. I uh, didn't expect uh, such an edgy silent movie from that time. Mm -hmm. um, I thought the costumes and all these puppets or no, <laughs> you know, the masks and stuff. It looked There were definitely puppets too, it yeah. It looked really mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm always interested in, in those kind of Vika stuff. So yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I was I was uh, mesmerized by lots of the visuals. It didn't start ideally, <laughs> I'd say, but yeah, uh, I think you guys said a lot of it already. There's there's a lot to love, um, both visually and um, message-wise, uh, and I can't wait for us to talk about it. I think there's a lot to dive into. Um, but before we do, uh, this is a thing we talk about every time, even though it doesn't seem like a very interesting question but still uh dave how did you watch it i actually watched it two ways i watched it on hbo max which is a you know a streaming service here i don't know if it's a streaming service by you guys you know because well if you have you know, a vpn server then oh that's right that's right um and then i also watched it on criterion channel which unfortunately i know you guys don't have because we had a conversation about that before lars um but it was really interesting to see it both ways because hbo max is turner classic movies which is a channel in the united states that has all classic films all the time And it was really interesting to see it on that. But then Criterion has a 4K um, version of it. So I really liked seeing the differences between the qualities. And then also talking about the quote-unquote quasi-docudrama, uh, like it's like a proto-docudrama. I really liked that kind of aspect of seeing it in both of those perspectives because of how different the pictures were presented in those two different formats. You know what? Things actually got better since we last talked, and I now uh, have subscribed to the Criterion channel. I found That's a way. awesome. Mm. Um, uh, but uh, last night uh, we, we wanted to watch it uh, in our home theater, and uh, I, I have like a me box by 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 Google, and usually you can cast your um, your the, uh, your video from Google Chrome to that box, and then the projector will project it, and I will see it in pristine quality. Um, but that didn't work last night. I don't know why C casting with Google Chrome didn't work. So I have the Criterion channel. I have the great uh, quality version right there, but uh, I, I, I wasn't ready to watch it on a laptop. Um, so then we actually did find a, a great looking version on YouTube, pristine quality. Uh, the only thing that kind of sucked was the uh, soundtrack that made me very sleepy. So um, I mm -hmm. would still have preferred to watch it uh, on the Criterion channel because I know that they they have done lots of things to assemble like the original soundtrack but yeah no it was it was uh, it, it was definitely worth it uh, watching it with a with a huge image uh, Nissan do you have anything to add to that no you already said everything i was there too all right uh, Jaren, how how did you watch it um, i watched it on youtube in whatever version that had no ads on it Uh, but I'm curious, since I learned about this recently, I didn't know that silent movies usually had changed soundtracks based on, you know, who remastered and whatnot. Since you, David, saw a couple, at least different versions, did you notice any differences in the soundtrack? I think they're actually the uh, same ones. Um, but the difference mm -hmm. was that, th I mean, throughout silent film, there were certain soundtracks, like it wasn't dependent on what the you know how we have now where you have like conductors like howard shore or um oh my god i can't remember anybody's name right now howard shore mm -hmm. anybody else like that um but <laughs> yeah exactly uh vangelis like all these types of guys you didn't have that back then so people could say like movie theater or movie house or you know picture house whatever would say all right we want this over this movie and then change it up like every so often so it wasn't a specific track that they were sent Or there wasn't something that was specifically, you know, soundtracked behind the thing. 
So there are a bunch of different restorations when different companies do different restorations or like uh, the Danish film uh, kind of foundation or whatever um, wanted to change it or wanted to, you know, make a new one for each restoration. There's a lot of different ideas that people, you know, just adapt. And I also want to say that I watched it on a 4K projector as well. So I totally agree with you on that big kind of screen. Uh, perspective so yeah there's there's a thing that changes over time there's multiple different things over the years that you know i know for example um the passion of joan of arc which is one of the most famous silent films has like about four or five different soundtracks that people have used over the years too yeah there's there's, there's uh, a famous version of metropolis uh, from before the whole film was restored like from the uk with with a very modern uh, soundtrack so people love to experiment with uh, silent film soundtracks um there are actually uh, films uh, for which the directors have uh, written down what uh, classical pieces they want to have played uh, underneath which is the case for uh, hexan um, there's like three classical pieces that, that 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 were supposed to accompany the film, and uh, the for for the Criterion release they 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 actually uh, assembled like the, the 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 soundtrack close to the way it would have been in in Denmark when it was uh, released, which I think uh, is fantastic and. Um, Everybody with working Google Chrome apps should <laughs> watch it on the Criterion channel. Let me quickly try to sum up the story, uh, but let me preface that. I didn't take notes while watching. I tried to piece it together from memory and with the help of Wikipedia. Uh, the film is um, presented in, in uh, I think, seven parts. And it, it it's not a traditionally narrative film. Uh, it's, it's more like it's seven vignettes. There is a very loose narrative thread but it uh, the, the film tries to present itself as a documentary which is which it isn't really but um, let me try to sum up the movie and if I forget something which I probably will please feel free to uh, correct me the first part of the film is a lecture it's about uh, magical thinking and how that has been around forever magical thinking and mysticism uh, this short part has major golden bars vibes if you if, if you're familiar with that one like it's a book from 1900 a precursor to stuff like um the hero's journey by uh, joseph campbell and, and and that's completely about like uh, magical thinking and how that turned into religion and then uh the the the, the lecture uh, shows us some illustrations from medieval books uh, the filmmaker has found and explains uh, the medieval christian cosmology and how uh, people used to imagine the universe and it's all pretty wacky and pretty out there. Uh, the second part uh, takes place in a witch's kitchen. Uh, a woman comes by and asks her to make her a love potion uh, because she she's desperate for the love of an incredibly, like creepily uh, weird looking man. Uh, she really wants him uh, and she wants the strongest possible love potion, which she gets. And then she imagines him chasing her. It's it's a bit disturbing, uh, but also quite fun. Um, then two people, and this really happens without ha having to do anything with the rest of the um, storyline so far. Two uh, guys in hoods uh, dissect a corpse and a woman sees that and is disturbed. And uh, then some uh, witch puts a hex on a drunk guy. That's part two. 
Part three shows us uh, witch trials. Um, a girl accuses an old woman and then gets blamed for being a witch herself. Uh, the old woman still uh, then gets tortured in part four. Um, this film is full of torture. Like, uh, I have never seen uh, a, a silent film this brutal. Um, she gets tortured and then she confesses to crazy witch sabbath stuff and and here we have the next thing i have never seen in a silent film like uh, there's monsters there's um anilingus lots and lots of of rimming like full on uh rimming so many the devil times it reminded me of hellraiser Yes, 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 yes. Hellraiser or 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 the the, the Russian movie V. Like any any uh, images uh, of hell. This is uh, and, and and these images of hell are great. It's uh, it, it looks fantastic and it's really really out there. Um, really edgy film. Then several people get arrested. A monk gets horny, so he decides to whip himself bloody. Part four explains to us some torture devices. Uh, shows us how they work. And then in part seven, yes, the film uh, does try to to uh, bring the whole story or the whole narrative to our modern times and to say um, we're not safe from this kind of ignorance. We're not safe from this kind of behavior because, look, uh, we are mistreating people. For example, we are mistreating the mentally ill and uh, it's often still women who we are mistreating, uh, which actually in its proto-feminist way, uh, I thought was very interesting, like lots and lots about this film I found incredibly interesting. Things that I haven't mentioned yet because I don't know exactly when they happened because I wasn't sure if maybe I dreamt them. Um, there is a person birthing monsters at one at one point. Uh, there are there's a group of possessed nuns. Uh, like one nun gets possessed by the devil, and then all the other nuns get po get possessed too. Then there are all kinds of devils and horned gods uh, running around. There is uh, masturbating demons. Like uh, it's it's uh, th this one is actually. Um, only hinted at but 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 like the motion is clear right you guys um <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and then as i said and i cannot stress this enough there is so much rimming in this film from 1921 so much analingus uh i did not expect this but it does happen i am not kidding he is not i was like i honestly thought that it was so weird at the same time like You know, it's supposed to be that the whole kind of like reputation for this movie is, oh, it's like one of the early horror movies. Oh, it's, you know, it's this the depiction of the devil and things like that. But, you know, it has this horror type of element. But I thought a lot of it was funny at the same time. Like the devil who is played by the director, Benjamin Christensen, was like his tongue was out the whole time. And he's like making these like ridiculous faces. And I was like, wow, this is not as scary as I thought it was. This film is incredibly cheeky. Uh, I think it, uh, it it got censored in many countries for being anti-clerical, which mm -hmm. it is like he is taking the piss out of uh, Christianity all the time. And he has his fun with those medieval beliefs. And I thought like in the first scene where the lecture began, they showed all these paintings and I didn't mm -hmm. expect that they will recreate those paintings in, in such a uh, effective way. 
Yeah, and uh, I was really positively uh, uh, surprised. Yeah, definitely. In, in, in the beginning, I thought like, oh my God, is he just going to uh, show us old illustrations? This is so lame. But no, yeah, then he recreated them. Like uh, a, a lot like Palajanov uh, did recreate those uh, Persian miniatures in, in the color of pomegranates. Uh, he recreated those uh, illustrations in, in a really impressive way. Um, and... Did you notice when, were they nuns, uh, the, the women who, who were kissing his um, ass? Yeah. What, 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 what <laughs> no, I, I don't think they were. I think they were just like local women that um, I think it was uh, the woman was named as Apollonia. Like the, the, the accused witch was like saying that they were just like random women in the village. I don't think they were nuns. They were like uh, weavers and I think like different people like that. Ah, okay. Because did you notice some actresses were um, just kissed him on the cheek, and mm -hmm. uh, some actresses went for it and uh, <laughs> kissed him like exactly in the pictures. Yes, <laughs> I, I did notice that, and it happened more than once. Uh, Jaren, uh, you are, I think, the only one of us uh, who right now is not in a Christian country. Um, Mm -hmm. Had you heard this kind of folklore before? I'm not sure witches exist that much in, you know, Islam or Muslim folklore in general. We have jinns, which is, I think, along the same lines as witches that they try to persuade you to follow the devil and so on. Do jinns do as much analingus? <laughs> That's the first time I actually heard about it, which did. Quote of the day is sort of right to it. So. <laughs> Funnily enough, this is actually the second time I've heard about it. Uh, the, the, the first part of this film. Um, are you guys familiar with uh, the book The Witch Cult in Western Europe? No. Nope. Uh, that's by um, the Egyptologist Margaret Murray. Mm -hmm. It's from uh, 1921, I think. So it came out pretty, uh, pr pretty much at the same time as as, as Hexan did. Um, it's by now. It, it, it's proposing a theory that is debunked. Um, still uh, interesting. Uh, she uh, the, the the thing she did was she uh, took all these um, confessions of, of of supposed witches, and she found the commonalities between them. Mm. And she said over hundreds of years in all these very, very different places uh, without being led on uh, to say these specific things, women accused of witchcraft have described the same kinds of rituals. And her theory then goes that uh, there must be like an older religious uh, cult that performs a certain kind of ritual that the church was trying to stamp out. It is debunked. Uh, it's still interesting because these commonalities are there in these uh, in these in these uh, statements. At least the, in the ones she 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 quotes. Apparently, uh, like she 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 did some lying. But um, <laughs> all these all these uh, things that, that 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 happened in the film, all the all the stuff uh, the, the the tortured woman says about the witches' Sabbath, that's that's straight out of uh, out of those confessions. So um, yeah, they yeah. probably had the same sources. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I think it's incredibly interesting how how there's like this um this one ritual that they all describe and it's so bizarre it's such a bizarre ritual and it's actually what was supposed to be going on there it's uh, yeah it's really interesting that you say that, that i mean there's a theme here where people are coming up with these crazy ideas and they end up being debunked like uh the the book that benjamin christensen basically based this off of was supposed to be in that contemporary time in the 1920s and even earlier in like the 1700s was really um, 
uh, people thought that this was like, oh, this is like, you know, the Bible of like witchcraft and inquisition. When in actuality, like the guy that wrote it, Heinrich Kramer, um, I know I overpronounced that a little bit. Heinrich, Heinrich Kramer um, basically, you know, was persecuted, not persecuted, was like told by the church, like, yeah, we're not going to have you like, you know, he was censured by the church. Like, you can't talk about this. This is not the thing that you want to do. This is not accepted. You know, originally Inquisitions was about taking out heresy and it wasn't about witchcraft at all. And Heinrich Kramer was basically like the first person to try to say, oh, witchcraft is like this very bad thing that's happening in Europe. It's this terrible thing. The devil is like such a hard, has such a hard hold on it when in actuality, like the church was basically like, nah, this guy's kind of crazy. We're not going to listen to him at all. So it's really interesting to see that kind of perspective about how people use it later on. It was really more used by secular courts rather than uh, ecumenical courts. Yeah, you're, you're mentioning a, a, a very important point there, I think, uh, because because we were saying that when we, when we watched the film, th this is what they thought in the 1920s, what the witch trials had been like. Uh, this mm -hmm. uh, I, I think according to the sources uh, the director had, um, this is the best he could do. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, this film, go, like, like, like what, as we said before, he's very cheeky. He's making fun of these medieval uh, idiots. And yeah. uh, he's, he's uh, and, and I think that's the, the, the film's greatest failing, um, that he's not taking these medieval people seriously. That, 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 right. that he's going like, yeah, these people, they, they were, they were nut jobs. Can you believe that? And as you said, yeah, no, they weren't. Like this book, uh, the, 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 the uh, what, what is it called? Malium Maleficarum? Mm. The, uh, Malleus Maleficarum. Yeah, Maleficarum. Yeah. yeah. Hammer of the Witches. Malleus uh, Maleficarum. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. The he uh, Hexenhammer. That was not a book that, yeah, exactly. As you said, the church didn't like that. Um, and people didn't like that. And, and yeah. uh, many people uh, did not join in and said, no, that's, that's just all crazy bullshit. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think, I think had he taken these medieval people more seriously and had he taken uh, these goings on more seriously, the connection he tries to make with modern times would work a bit better. Yeah, uh, I, I just had a thought. I um, read uh, in a book about uh, witchcraft and the history of it that um, uh, during the witch hunting times that when people who were more educated and privileged were accused of um, being a witch, they had like lawyers and um, and they, they went to trial and they fought for their rights and they, mm -hmm. uh, they, they, they could counter sue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they sued them back. And it was, uh, most of the time, uh, the poor people were, um, uh, victimized because they couldn't, uh, they didn't know, know their rights. And I think that's really timeless and, mm. um, and interesting that, um, that it's not only about crazy people from, uh, from medieval times, you know, that they had also their uh, um, privileges and structures and they couldn't do that with everyone. Um, I'm gonna check what the book name was because it's there. Yeah, uh, I will I will uh, recommend a podcast, uh, The History of Witchcraft, which goes into this in detail. It's a, it's a fantastic podcast series. The 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 host explains uh stuff like for example that, that there were so many other factors uh going into this. There was like um the reformation was happening. Uh mm -hmm. there, there were wars happening uh and 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 the and the, the the Catholic Church was was clinging to its power and and uh mm -hmm. yeah, then these 
these these instances of mass hysteria uh, happened. Like that, that, there was so much going on. It was so much more complex than these people were kind of crazy. So, yeah. um, but, but, <laughs> but but I think that's what uh, in in the 1920s. That, that that's how it presented itself to to the people um, reading about it. Right, and just like going back to the whole kind of thing with Heinrich Kramer, who wrote Malleus uh, Maleficarum, um, he basically, you know, to to reiterate even reiterate even more, he was like one of the first attempts at prosecuting alleged witches in Tyrol, um, which I don't know if I'm saying right, T Y R O L, um, which it was not a success. Like this is from Wikipedia. Uh, he was expelled from the city of Innsbruck and dismissed by the local bishop as senile and crazy. And according to Jermud uh, McCulloch, uh, writing the book was Kramer's act of self-justification and revenge on those people. And uh, a lot of his like ideas were like claiming that witchcraft did exist. And he wanted to um, basically, you know, convince these guys to use like these things about convincing witches. And he had a lot of like anti like kind of theological ways of going about, you know, finding these people and making no sense whatsoever theologically wise. And then he has also a lot of these ideas about um, sexual repression and things like that within his kind of purview about sexual perversions that he had himself with these women. So he could have been using like that example of that one horny um, monk, like that could be Kramer in this situation. And that's what he's kind of making fun of him in that situation. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, de definitely. Yes, uh, absolutely. Nissan, you were? Oh, no, I just wanted to recommend the book, uh, which was written for uh, the author is Gisela Greichen. So I think it's German. And uh, she's like uh, the first uh, part is she's telling all this history about uh, how uh, witchcraft and and uh, uh, Wicca culture started. And also um, she interviews uh, people in the modern days from the 80s, is the book, I think, who uh, are still in the um, Wicca um, religion. Which and is I fascinating because this is something that goes back directly to, to uh, Margaret uh, Murray's uh, debunked theories about uh, an older pagan cult uh and, and and then yeah just uh, people people ran with that and and that's how how uh wicca uh came to be as a, as a as a modern religion it's it's fascinating also i just had a really random thought uh speaking of uh horny monks maybe um because you know this witch uh craft rituals were also they were um focused on nature and uh that was kind of their religion um and um maybe this um ask using thing is something they copied by an animal because my cats are doing that all the time no i think i think that that that, that, that weirdly weirdly perverted horny monks or even the the author of uh, melius maleficarum who was known for uh, being weirdly obsessed with uh, everything uh, sexual yeah. um i think i think they they just came up with that i think sexual repression does weird things to uh, people's imaginations and by the way um uh, we 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 now kept saying like uh it, it it wasn't this crazy uh it, it, it wasn't this 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 clear cut and and uh, people did not like uh, did not actually like all this uh, craziness in medieval times still um the 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 witch burnings did happen and 60,000 uh people died in a very short amount of time mostly women so um it still happened it just uh the reasons for it were a lot more 
a lot more complex. I think that's that's uh, important. That that that's what we're saying. Yeah, and there's like also men and children were also persecuted too. And it's just like I mean, even dogs and cats and things like that. They were blamed for a lot of different things during the medieval period. You know, I completely agree with your uh, perspective about how I wish he kind of treated these people a little bit more seriously. He did at the beginning with their cosmology, saying this is what they believed in and this is how they thought about the world. But I think as it gone on, like, you know, with the silliness of it, you know, making it kind of like, I don't want to say a satire, but, you know, treating them as stupid is definitely something that like you can still see today with this idea of the Middle Ages, the medieval period were this dark time where no knowledge was like being formed. And that's just simply not true. There's a lot of uh, great stuff that, about our world that we still believe today that are still scientifically correct that medieval people came up with. So it's not this idea of like, oh, they believed all in this superstition. They were like all these, like they didn't understand the world. There were a lot of people that did understand the world, especially when you come out of Islamic period, uh, Islamic regions uh, or Muslim regions uh, where they were basically revolutionizing science and taking it from the Greeks and, you know, so on and so forth and translating a lot of uh, ancient manuscripts. There weren't, you know, these people that were just kind of, you know, sticking up their finger up their nose and just like, oh, what's that? Um, but, you know, there's a lot of beliefs that, you know, change over time. You know, I mean, even today, like you had, uh, you know, we were talking about the hysterics earlier about some of the nuns and how there was those dancing diseases that we still don't know why those things happened. Um, and it's like we still have the bubonic plague today. And there's things like that that from stem from the medieval ages that, you know, that we still think as primitive, but at the same time, they were things that were way ahead of their time. And, you know, going back to Kramer a little bit, he also was pers- like, not only persecuted by the church, but he was forbade to preach. He even tried to, you know, interfere in other, you know, religious uh, types of things, and they completely shunned him. And there's a lot of things now where, you know, unfortunately, you know, as myself as a Christian, it's just like hard for myself to listen to other Christians, especially during this pandemic time, where they're believing in these ridiculous things and not believing in the science behind it. And they think that science and faith are completely separate when, you know, a lot of the times that these faithful people, especially in the Middle Ages, developed the new versions or the new um, kind of ways of thinking about science, thinking about our world and creating these things that we still believe today. You, you, you chose this film from, from the long list of films that we, that we have. Um, had you seen it before or um, wh why did you choose it? Um, I did not see this before. I'm actually, it's funny, I am so averse to quote unquote horror films. Uh, I am the biggest baby in the world when it comes to horror films because mm -hmm. I just get the worst nightmares after I watch them. I mean, I got uh, nightmares from uh, seeing the Lord of the Rings, uh, the Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring for the first time as an eight-year-old. I know it's not that scary. Um, and then I also left the theater for the first time in Return of the King with the uh, uh, the Gollum transformation scene because I was just way too disturbed. Um, and those are my favorite movies and books of all time. So, no, I just found it super interesting because I kept hearing about it from other people like ourselves that I follow on Twitter. And I was like, All right, maybe I should give this a try because I do love the medieval period. I studied that in school. I love it. It's like one of my things that I've been super passionate about since I was a kid. Love knights and medieval arms and armor. And, you know, getting into that, you know, world, I wanted to see what this type of stuff was, you know, growing up in a Christian household and, you know, going to evangelical church and things like that. Just 
you know, a lot of people that I knew growing up, growing up were like, oh, you can't watch Harry Potter. Oh, oh, witchcraft. We don't celebrate Halloween. So it was like really interesting to see like how this was treated in filmmaking in silent filmmaking period in 1921, 1922, how people would react to that and how people would put that on the screen. And I think it was just a really interesting way into looking how, you know, docudrama, I knew it was a docudrama type of thing and how it was the proto docudrama. And I wanted to see how he was going to develop that into a kind of clear cut story. It was so many things that I hadn't seen uh, in, in, in silent films before, uh, especially like mm -hmm. this early. Not only was it was it incredibly uh, violent and edgy and, and sexual and uh, horrific in its imagery. Yeah, as you say, it's like it's like the, the, the prototype docudrama essay film. And then mm -hmm. it's also like a, a precursor to to later films that would um, pretend to be kind of scientific and and interested or, or pretend to warn from something just so they could sneak in like like uh naked people or, or <laughs> violence like like this was this was a thing in in many different uh countries and cultures later on um and i think i think this is this is um, the first example i know of of this because it definitely uh the 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 scientific posturing uh at some point gave way to look at all this crazy stuff um, which i think was was incredibly was was, was fun um, but I think uh, at this film, uh, all these uh, nudeness and stuff, I didn't feel mm. like it was for shock or for mm. it was not sexualized uh, like some horror art house movies like to do. It was just disturbing, but uh, in a really creative way. And I also just wanted to add, um, I think that's really cool uh, because you're our first guest who uh, chose a movie which he hadn't seen. And I just wanted to add that. I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's just like with my, with, you know, cinema millennials, not to do a, you know, shameless plug there. Um, mm -hmm. but that's oh, like, do that, I think do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I think it's great to have people like ourselves, like watch something for the first time because it does open so many things to you. Like I, I am, I'm always obsessed about learning more and more and more about things that I'm passionate about, whether it be film, medieval history, you know, some sports that I play as well. You know, it's, it's fascinating to constantly learn something new and to connect those things to yourself and to connect those things to the things that are around you. And that's what I love about film because you can watch a film. Yes, they're extremely historically inaccurate. But they can lead you into the things that are accurate, that can lead you into the things that, you know, actually study, like how we were talking about how people thought this for generations, people thought this Malaeus Maleficarum was the, you know, Bible of studying witchcraft when it actually, during its contemporary time, wasn't. And I think that's such a cool thing because it connects us not only to ourselves, but to the people that came before us. And I think that that's what one of this, I mean, that's what this film does. That's what a lot of classic films do. And more and more people should realize that, especially in our times right now.
I definitely think that this uh, film says at least as much about the 1920s, the early 1920s in uh, Denmark, as it says about uh, medieval times and the the witch trials. This this kind of anti-clerical sentiment that that uh, is definitely present in this film. It reminded me so much of like the the, the YouTube uh, skeptics sphere yeah. like uh, 10 years ago, and I thought, wow, uh, all these talking points this guy had like. A hundred years before, um, <laughs> I, I, I love when, 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 uh, especially like silent films from from these early periods uh, present themselves as so modern in a way. Uh, yeah, and and, and some, sometimes we watch um, we watch very old movies and are appalled by the worldview communicated. <laughs> and just in this yeah. case, it was so so refreshing to see that no, it, it uh, it's not um, appalling worldviews. Uh, or, or, or appallingly uh, unmodern worldviews, I guess, are not uh, cannot be apologized by. It was the times because because there are right. um, there are films like this that are so much uh, ahead of the times. Um, I yeah, I, I I love to discover stuff like this. Uh, Jaren, um were you expecting what you got when you started watching Hexan? I definitely didn't. As I said, it's like a. I don't know, glorified PowerPoint presentation in my mind. And I mean, when you read about it, it's a horror movie, it's this and that. It didn't deliver at all what we understand in terms of like modern movie. And I don't know, but it was a really interesting experience. It's, as you said, it's a good snapshot of both the 1920s Denmark plus medieval ages. Oh, wait, or maybe it's Swedish. It's Danish. I, I think I read that, that that he's I think a Danish filmmaker who went to mm -hmm. uh, the the production company Svensk uh, Svensk Film Industry, which is still mm -hmm. around. Like it's the the, the big Swedish uh, film production company. If you've ever seen a Swedish movie, it was produced by these guys, um, and and uh, got the money for the film by uh, that Swedish company, uh, and then mm -hmm. bought a studio and refurbished it. And um, I, I don't know. Apparently, it was the the it, it's the most expensive uh, Scandinavian silent film of all time um mm. two million kroner yeah and, and and the reason for that the reasoning behind that and i don't understand this i got this from wikipedia uh, i have no idea how this works he apparently said it gave him more creative freedom to do it with swedish money i don't know why that is but uh that's well, that's what i read inflation at the time and so on but It, I mean, I have no idea about the movies of that era, but it might be the first stop motion I've seen also. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. It, it, it definitely is like, this is super revolutionary for its time. Stop motion, puppetry, uh, miniatures were used possibly for the first time within this film. Uh, I know it's super imposition. There's a lot of technological marvels within this film that he was able to do, uh, that he was able to put across on screen. And, you know, there's so many different movies I mean, you have a lot of uh, Tim Burton movies. You know, we talk about Tim Burton with German Expressionism, um, but there's a, definitely a lot of stuff that he takes from this as well within stop motion, within the themes, within a lot of different things like that. Um, and I thought it was like really cool because, you know, at first, like, uh, you know, you don't really notice that. Like, I don't think I noticed that at all until I started looking up more research about it. And I was like, 
wait, now I realize, wow, that's an amazing kind of feat for that time. Definitely. Like, yeah, uh, the, 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 the stop motion and all, and all the other uh, imaginative st stuff, like um, even, even, the, even the things they did with, with, with backwards motion and stuff like that. Like it's, uh, th th there's so yeah. much. Um, th this part reminded me of, do any of you guys know uh, the Soviet horror film V? Yes. No, I have heard of it though. It's it's on our list, you guys. It's coming up uh, sometime in the in the distant future. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, uh, that that film ends with a scene in which uh, spoilers uh, all hell breaks breaks loose, and there's lots and lots of creatures achieved by uh, lots of different techniques, uh, and it's it, it all has this very handmade quality, and it's very very charming. Um, and it reminded me so much of of um, of what was going on in this film, right, Nissan? Yeah. I, I also thought uh, of another film. Uh, do you know the Turkish horror film Baskin? <laughs> no. I think I've heard of that one as well, but I haven't seen it. Because like I said before, I am so averse to watching any horror movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with your aversion to horror movies, you should not watch Baskin. No, no. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very hard horror one. But It, like those, those disturbing sexual rituals... Um, Yeah, definitely. Me of that movie. L like every every movie that 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 depicts hell in some form yeah. uh, will now always uh, bear echoes of Hexan for me. Yeah, be, be, because they all uh, orient themselves on like uh, these medieval uh, depictions, which are like so creative. Mm -hmm. um, and, and and yeah, then there are these wacky ideas uh, that I do not uh, that, that I can't get over but it's it's so rich having all these 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 crazy little details in there it's And fantastic that age so much better than like uh, green screen effects special effects oh yeah exactly I completely agree with that like I mean when you look at movies like you know some of the I mean even you know go back to Lord of the Rings even some of the star I mean Lord of the Rings and Star Wars stuff from the early 2000s look like not as good as stuff from stop motion when you have it really in your hands when you're seeing this like very textured type of thing where it doesn't look like it's like it's an uncanny valley type of situation where you have computer generated stuff where the texture doesn't look right the lighting doesn't look right within it and i think that that is what you know a lot of people there's a big conversation about we need to go back to physical kind of um things we need to go back to physical effects And that's a strong argument when you look at these older films and how things can often look super realistic that you can't even tell, like how I couldn't tell a lot of the stuff being um, stop motion animated. Definitely. When you mentioned uh, The Lord of the Rings, like uh, I think from the from the same year or a year before the first Harry Potter film. Have you guys seen mm. that recently? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. The troll. <laughs> troll, yeah. It looks it looks like <laughs> yeah. it walked straight out of The Sims 2. Yeah, also all these Quidditch scenes, that uh, also looks like a yeah. Sims PlayStation. Yeah. It looks so bad. Yeah, yeah so so definitely. By the way, I mean, I, I have bad news too. Lord of the Rings also did start looking a bit bad. Yeah, the new 4K edition looks great though. Um, they definitely yeah, yeah, did that, a lot of work really on it. Mm -hmm. I, I love that we that we managed to get some Lord of the Rings talk uh, here. Um, but, Oops, but, but, my bad. Have, have you guys, <laughs> uh, complete aside, have you guys uh, read uh, anything you can imagine? No, I haven't yeah. read that. It's a fantastic book about the making of the Lord of the Rings that gave me a whole new appreciation for, oh, wait. for the films. It's, uh, it's really, really good. Fa I'm listening to it right now, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's great, right? 
Yeah, it's so good, so good. I'm sorry I keep mentioning, but Lord of the Rings is like my favorite thing. So uh, <laughs> that's my fault, guys. <laughs> no, that's 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 uh, good and charming. We always like uh, the bridges we uh, can uh, build between films, uh, like the connections we find that you wouldn't uh, expect. I, but I think there's not much, not many connections between no, Hex and no, uh, <laughs> um, no, not too many. Uh, Dave, have you got some uh, behind-the-scenes infos by any chance? You know, I feel like we talked about the majority of those behind-the-scenes, um, but he did. He does have that really interesting part where one of the actresses in the film was, you know, actually there's two parts with the actress in the film. One of them wanted to try one of the torture devices, which he does show, um, which is really interesting because a lot of those torture devices, a lot of people think that they were used for one thing and they're used for another thing. There's a lot of different um, kind of historical, um, you know, muddiness to those types of things and why would they, why they were used or what their original purposes were. Um, but no, I think it was really interesting to see how this one woman uh, who I think played one of the witches or uh, the supposed, you know, accused witches, uh, Apollona, where she said she was one, apparently she was one of the first, Salvation Army nurses in Europe or something like that, mm. maybe during the First World War uh, or the Great War. I don't know what you guys call it in Germany. <laughs> Our fault. <laughs> we don't call it great. <laughs> oh, you don't call it great. That's for sure. That's great. Yeah, obviously, uh, that was a stupid mistake on my part. Um, but, uh, you know, it's 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 something that was like really interesting where she was like, oh, I've seen the devil before. He's real. He's by my bedside. And that's where he, Benjamin Christensen, was like, all right, well, maybe you know, I have to put this in now because this is something that's, you know, obviously contemporary to the period. And there's a lot of people that say like it was maybe kind of a self-conscious thing that he was saying, like being self-critical about it um, in how he was like, oh, no, you know, this doesn't really exist. Or he was trying to prove his point that, you know, people still believe in this stuff, even though uh, a lot of people, what they know of hell and the devil are from outside works. They're not from the Bible. They're from outside works. And there's a lot of, you know, speaking about TikTok before, there's a lot of deconstructionist uh, people on TikToks, theologians, or, you know, people that are getting their degrees in theology. And they're talking about how our conception of hell, our perception of hell is really from Dante's Inferno. And there is like mistranslation uh, issues with uh, who Lucifer or the devil is. And this idea just kind of putting uh, people's hearts into fear to turn themselves towards God or turn themselves towards these kind of devout people. Um, and often those devout people are the most judgy and the most kind of hard pressed. And I think that's what a lot of things that he has this idea of throughout the film and this anti-clerical idea. There's a lot of different um, interesting things and in how he was able to, you know, make the film as we talked about before he wanted to, um, develop the film with historians but the majority of the historians that he tried to approach were like yeah we don't want this film to be made this is not something that should be put out there because it's not accurate at all so i think like and it's often funny because like you know people that like you know like me that i have a history degree and like films obviously people love to nitpick them and like you know pay, take them apart be like oh this is anachronistic this is this shouldn't be here that's a modern thing like so on and so forth, you know, I think a lot of, like I said before, those people are like often too hard on movies because, you know, movies are a vehicle into the more scholarly work. But there are things here that could clearly, you know, 
make a way into people's minds and be like, all right, I want to study that a little bit more. Because, you know, there's there's all the, I mean, the whole docudrama part I found is so interesting. I understand where you're trying to say um, it's a glorified PowerPoint, but there definitely is something there to it where a lot of people don't know about the medieval world and want to think about it. And maybe that's an introduction. I'm trying to think if there, there's anything else that we missed out on uh, about the making of the film. I, I have one random factoid, uh, which 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 does not compare. Uh, but um, one one random uh, factoid uh, that is that they apparently shot the film completely by night. Yes, to yes. achieve the look. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think just from a storytelling uh, standpoint, by the way, like uh, of course, none of this, none of this um, hell and witch stuff uh, is is biblical. Uh, and, and, mm -hmm. and there's just this, this medieval fantasy world, which is so imaginative and so gruesome and sadistic and horny and, and all of that. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's so, it's, I, I think it's very reminiscent of, of other, uh, like older, um, mythologies even like, uh, mm. and, and, and I think it's very, very rich as a, as a world to depict visually as we can see in this film. So I can see, um, his fascination, um, running away with him a bit, Uh, and 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 leading him astray from his aim to do something uh, historically accurate. Um, Jaren, uh, did did you like the mythology at all, or did you did you like engage with that part? Hmm. I mean, it felt at times it was mostly made up because it was so out there. It's not. It's in not. general. Like, no, no, no. Uh, I I get that, but when you're watching it without knowing anything about it, it just feels like yeah, the people couldn't be that stupid. Let's talk about uh, <laughs> Benjamin Christensen for a while, um, just just for a second. Um, he mm -hmm. went on to have a Hollywood career. Uh, he he made I think seven uh, Hollywood films. Only four uh, of them survive. Like lots of his uh, films are um, are lost. Uh, and his last three Hollywood films were. Um, a trilogy of horror films and now mm -hmm. i want to watch those <laughs> <laughs> i mean i know he worked with uh lon cheney which is one of the like massive massive uh figures in hollywood let alone horror history because of all his um different uh prosthetics i mean he was the first person to really use prosthetics to in like to emphasize his characters and how they felt and how they looked on the inside and outside They made a film about the Russian Revolution together, apparently, in which uh, Lon Chaney uh, plays a peasant who helps uh, like some some poor rich woman escape the escape the mob. Apparently, people didn't like it, and it was lost for a for a while. But yeah, uh, he really he uh, went to Hollywood and worked with the with the giants. Fascinating. I I actually because because this is such an outlier. This such a weird movie. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised to read that he uh, never did anything like this again, that, that, that he never made a movie again, that he had like a completely different career. But no, no, uh, this established him as a filmmaker. This was this film uh, did cause scandals, um, not only because of the the, the, the anti uh, perceived anti clerical uh, messages, but 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 mainly just because of the violence. People uh, took issue with with all the torture and 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 the nudity. And I think Nissan uh, that like like now when we see something like this, uh, it doesn't feel like sexualized. But I know that that even in the 50s, uh, there was a there was a German film called The Sinner, uh, in which uh, the lead actress 
in one scene, just just her her shoulder was bare, and that was like a major scandal. So I guess uh, people being butt naked all the time in this film um, probably felt more scandalous uh, to them than than it does to us now. Which only which only goes to show: uh, do not build your film on provocation alone, because future generation will not feel provoked at all. Luckily, mm -hmm. this one is built on imagination. Dave, have you ever been to Salem? No, I haven't. Um, I have a couple of friends that are interested in Wicca and are, you know, have been there. I haven't been there, but I used to actually work within a lot of those types of museums. Not those, uh, not like Wicca or witchcraft, but uh, 18th century museums. So, or uh, 17th century museums as well. So I know the world a little bit, but I haven't been to Salem. There are a lot of different uh, places around uh, where I live where are, you know, there were different issues where they had those types of things uh, happen. So there are smatterings of different weird or surreal stories within witchcraft around where I am, though. Wait, uh, these types of things? I thought Salem was the only instance of a witch craze in the US. Oh, there, there, there's a couple other places. Um, Salem was probably the most, um, you know, widely spread about witchcraft and uh wow i almost said witchcraft and wizardry like harry potter um <laughs> but you know there are some places maybe they're not as well as known as salem but salem was like the biggest one for sure all right uh Jaren, have you been to salem no unfortunately not you should go we've been to salem it's it's like uh halloween disneyland <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what i heard i heard it's like just like you know basically it's uh hogwarts it's like universal hogwarts but for real witchcraft Yeah, absolutely. It's it's exactly that. And then there's there's haunted houses too and it's all it's all great fun. It's it's it, it feels a bit morbid all this uh being built on like great tragedy, but um mm -hmm. uh once you're you get over that, uh, I think I think Salem is a destination um that that offers lots and lots of fun, right? I have even a magical story. Uh when we were in Salem, uh, we uh, it was the first time we were in in the US together and we were like really broke, especially mm -hmm. uh during During our Salem trip and um and and like we were like okay we're gonna uh, travel uh in in the states in Massachusetts and Maine and uh it's so far away from us so when we're there uh whatever we're gonna spend the money and in Salem we were like uh completely um like uh, we fell for every scam and, <laughs> and uh, we were in this uh museum Uh, which uh, taught us about the modern uh, Wicca culture and uh, about their beliefs. And uh, they said, I don't remember, I don't want to say uh, something incorrect, but they taught us something like, if you, um, I don't know, if you give someone uh, something, you will get uh, 10 times more, like about karma and stuff. So at that mm -hmm. day, uh, I gave someone something And we were like kind of also sad because we were broke. And at the very same day, I got a big job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool and <laughs> magical. We bought so much stupid stuff at Salem and we still own it. <laughs> Before, like, we are close to the end of my notes. Jaren, you said you do not have many notes. Um, do you have? Do you have any notes left for us? I mean, the biggest one is that that maiden who's trying to get with that cleric guy it's not a maiden it's like 50 yes yes and 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 i am i am so sorry uh no kink shaming but i didn't understand like i i, I didn't understand the attraction 
Um, That's yeah, also, yeah. <laughs> that guy was like morbidly obese, like really, mm. really like unattractive face that, as well. But yeah, that, 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 that face. Like, that was like the only man and there were like three or four people. No, there were, he had monks. He had hunky monks. Yeah, but they, they had yeah, these I mean, great they had young ones too. Ah, yeah, like, you're right. But that was like the there only man way she, better options. she had uh, spoken to. I, 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 I don't know. I don't get the fascination, but I don't have to. But he reminded me of, uh, 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 Dave, I guess you haven't seen this because of the horror aversion and you should not watch <laughs> this. Let this be a warning. Uh, but Helen, uh, The Human Centipede Part 2. Oh no! Oh my God! No! Come on! <laughs> the, 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 the lead actor? Oh, I don't remember. Like oh. the, the, the 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 central character in that film looks exactly like uh, like like this person, but mm. thinner. And it it was bizarre to see Martin from the Human Centipede Part Two being desired <laughs> by someone. Um, but like they I felt like the movie did it on purpose because it was not like that. They only casted a guy who was not conventionally attractive. He also mm. behaved and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was so on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he 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 was I, so dirty and not very well mannered. Yeah, I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the actors like they were really good choices. Like the way yeah. that they cast back then, like especially with the way that the um, the way that the art form was back then, where it was a lot based on a lot of close-ups and a lot of facial expressions. I think, you know, the witches, the people that were supposed to be witches, like, um, obviously the older women were, like, really well cast because of how wrinkly, wrinkled their face were, like, the different deformities, quote-unquote, you know, different things like that. I thought that was really good because they did add that creepy element to it. And actually, I don't know if you guys are big Monty Python fans, but um, that scene reminded me of the really big guy in... Um, the meaning oh, yes. of life where he yes. explodes. That's what it reminded me of. And I was like, oh no, I don't want another situation like that. That thing is so disgusting. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he had found such uh, great and interesting faces uh, all around. Like the, the, the casting was spot on. And then I thought even more so when, when, when he broke the fourth wall in the end. And as you said, like mm -hmm. he, he was then letting the, the, the one woman talk who said she, she or, or talk. No, obviously not. Mm -hmm. But he, he, he told the story of that that woman who said she had seen the devil and 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 then there's the other scene in which the actress tries out the 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 some screw uh some screw that was very german thumb screw. <laughs> um uh, it, it, it was I, I don't know he had he had a he had a fascinating ensemble not just of actors not just of faces but of people yeah. um yeah who who really fit the film mm -hmm. um dave uh have you got any more uh notes and observations to share before we uh come to a close yeah i think the uh the one thing that i really kind of wanted to get to was um that we haven't talked about yet was i felt that the ideas of the ending of the film and how he ends part seven and the, the film as a whole that really impacted me um not only as a person in general like emotional type of person in general but um the historical context as well um the whole scene in which we have the last section is basically relating how the medieval people who had you know as the movie says hysterics um which we now know as mental illness um are more correctly known as mental illness um I thought seeing that scene with the, where the lady has, she's a son in ambulance, which is a th connection back to the doctor, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yes. Um, <laughs> they have uh, the son in, son in, son in ambulance. I have such a hard time saying that. Somnambulist. Um, 
Sonambulist. Then thank you. The Sonambulist. Um, they have a connection to that. You also have the woman that is a kleptomaniac. You have these issues where people we understand now because you know we are in our own period uh, and we have that you know moral and you know that type of pity the pity on the level of you know bilbo which is i'm sorry i'm doing it again um bilbo <laughs> with uh Gollum and smeagol and frodo with Gollum and smeagol how you have this pity on this person and you feel terrible for them because they can't control their mind they can't control the situation that they're in and i felt such a uh kind of connection to that woman because i felt so bad for her because you could clearly see within this scene where she is stealing these rings without even knowing it She's like, oh, look, I stole this little Russian book. That was when the movie really hit me at an emotional peak. And I thought that was really like, I wish she leaned into that a little bit more because a lot of people say, oh, this movie is really, you know, the horror stuff. And it's really about, you know, understanding those types of things. And then they also say it's also about, you know, mental illness and understanding those people and being kinder towards those people. At least that's what the, the ending is kind of, you know, hinting at. But I thought that that wasn't really in the movie as much as I think it should have been or could have been because when people say like, Oh, it's this big kind of thing within this movie. That's what it's known for. I don't think it's really known for that. Like, yeah, you can say it's like a secondary thing, but it's really only at the end. And I kind of wish that was there in a little bit more. And especially, you know, going to the historical period, you know, during the first world war, you have a lot of PTSD coming out of it people saying you know shell shock is a thing when it actually it is ptsd and then you have that kind of effect of how these aristocracies all around europe basically wanted their own power f- for themselves and for you know all the you know types of people that wanted their own power and wanted to extend their power or wanted to diminish other people's power or other countries power and how that affects the people down the line when you look at like paths of glory it looks at that a little bit too where you know i liked that idea where she was like my husband died in the war and I can't deal with reality right now. It has rocked me to my core. And that's why I'm doing these things and seeing these things. And I don't want to be committed. Please don't commit me. And I thought that was just a kind of thing that where we talk about now looking at mental illness and maybe at that point in time, and especially with Benjamin Christensen, having that perspective with women, it's really, really ahead of its time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, um, th- th- this also goes again, uh, for me, a bit back to the uh, acting uh, thing. Um, for a silent film of this era, uh, of course, the performances were big, but they were way more naturalistic than, than I'm used yeah. to in silent films. And, and there's, there, there's a lot more like uh, psychological realism uh, in, mm-hmm. in, 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 in the whole film. And yes, um, when, when he then in the end, uh, came around to, to, uh, mental illness and we had just, uh, watched Caligari and talked about how, how mm-hmm. that goes back to the first world war and, and how they were really, uh, not equipped to deal with, with all these, uh, severely traumatized people. Yeah. That, 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 that's so interesting how to, to him too, just like, uh, to, to the makers of Dr. Caligari, that seemed to be the most pressing issue of the time that, mm-hmm. uh, that he said, we are not treating, uh, mentally ill people, right. We are doing something wrong here. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think I also agree with you. Um, I wished at some points that he would have just dropped the realism device, the, mm-hmm. the, 
uh, docudrama device and just um, w which I think is is mainly there to to um, to be a justification and, and I think he he could have achieved like I love what this film does and I think I even love the the, the, the that device uh, of it being a docudrama mm -hmm. that that's all that makes it so unique and so interesting but I think had he told a story and a story is here it just needs to be mm -hmm. uh, cleaned up a bit it just needs to be organized a bit more uh then there could have been an emotional punch and i don't know how he would have uh, then brought it back to the mental illness thing i think it would have been uh, possible and i think there would have been the potential here for uh, a film that still resonates uh, emotionally today which um yeah Uh, for me, it 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 didn't. I didn't feel the feelings. But yeah, uh, I thought all the all the thoughts of the film were fascinating and endearing to me. And you could have totally done it too, where you have the idea of the house that is clearly affected by everything, where um, you have the one woman accusing the other woman of being a witch because of the sick weaver, the sick husband. You know, you could have gone in that direction and he almost does where he's like, all right, this is what happens to this person in the house. This is what happens to this person in the house. But it was more focused on the torture and what was happening to them rather than the actual kind of commentary that we were kind of talking about. Yeah, he was kind of fascinated with the torture. Um, he, he sure was. But uh, yeah, uh, many people, I think, later on uh, took some cues from this film. Uh, I see oh, yeah. echoes of it in, in, in films I love. Uh, can you tell me your uh, top three witch films? Or just from the top of your head, can you recommend three witch films? I will go first. My number one would be The Witch by Robert Eggers, which I love dearly, and which is also based on the uh, Malleus Maleficarum. It's just taking uh, the stuff that it says in there literally. And I think uh, it works really well in The Witch. And I feel, I, I felt reminded a lot of The Witch uh, watching this. Um, then uh, Suspiria 2018, um, which I think, like, Hexan has this weird structure which makes it interesting while also making it imperfect. And that imperfection is what makes it charming. And uh, Suspiria 2018 has a very, very similar quality, actually, uh, to me. Like, there is uh, a lot of stuff in here that is plain weird, but but it makes the movie more unique and thus more fascinating. And then uh, my third one would be The Craft, teenage witchy stuff. I think there isn't enough of that. It's, uh, it's pleasurable, but it's also... A Teensy bit stupid, but it's awesome. And uh, I think everybody should watch it. I'm sorry for uh, surprising you with this, um, but who wants to go next? Now, I'm not going to sound, obviously, you know, my aversion to uh, horror films uh, limits me a little bit. Um, so I am just a little bit. Um, I'm going to say a couple interesting ones um, or just really uncultured ones. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, um, which is a really early 2000s thing that I remember watching on Cartoon Network um, with uh, the Hex Girls, which is uh, probably the most famous thing from that movie. Um, it was like a uh, band of like Wiccan uh, girls that uh, also I know I'm, I'm sure uh, a bunch of other uh, guys from my age were really attracted to, um, <laughs> which is that whole kind of really weird uh, Lola Bunny thing that like people were talking about at Space Jam a couple months ago. Um, I was going to say The Witch. I haven't seen it, obviously, um, but um, Eggers did say that Robert Eggers, the director, did say that it was inspired by Hoxon or Hexon. 
Um, so there you go. You were correct in that. Uh, no, um, and actually, I am going to be super topical with uh, my show uh, that Lars was on. Lars was on that you should definitely check out The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's that's an iconic witch right there. Um, Yaren, do you do do you have three witch films for me? Uh, not three, but I have the best answer. I think. Okay. It's Hocus Pocus with Bette Midler. Oh, that's actually a great answer. Yeah, that that's a yeah. really uh, th- th- that movie too. I was surprised at how creepy it was. I mm-hmm, didn't mm-hmm. expect uh, the creepy and entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 uh, that too. Nissan. Um, okay, I I, I don't want to copy you, but first one I I, I also really loved the witch, so. Um, that one will be the same. Suspiria was great too, but I'm going to say second one. Did you all watch the Japanese movie Hausu? Oh, no, not yet. No. Yes. Oh, that's a fun one. That's, that's, uh, and, and Dave, it's not a horror film, even though no, people might, might, might really say that. It's crazy uh, and cute and funny. And there are cats, um, <laughs> magical cats uh, playing piano and stuff like that oh the, the, that sounds fun the story of <laughs> the story of Hauser is that 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 jaws had been a massive hit and then uh a, di- a japanese director of ads um got told by a production company make us something like jaws but with a haunted house instead of a shark then that oh, director heard of this then he went to his four-year-old daughter <laughs> And asked her to basically come up with a story. <laughs> asked her to tell him what she was afraid of. And then he took her notes, apparently, and just turned them into a movie. And it's it's oh, glorious. Cute. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. Um, I can't decide between two uh, different movies. Uh, first one would be Gretel and Hansel. I really loved that. That uh, w- was, um, in, in that version, uh, Gretel um, was um, freeing her brother from the witch. And should I spoiler you? In the end, she um, she becomes the witch. Like like in The Witch. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And I really liked that. And, and the movie was really minima- minimalistic, but also um, epic. Felt kind of like a um, A24 movie. And also, mm-hmm. which is not really a witch movie, but Assassination Nation. Um, oh, yes, because it's uh, basically Arthur Miller's um, witch yes, thingy. Yes, it's it's like a modern version in the year 2018 or something. The Crucible. Um, a- about witch oh, okay. hunts. And it's not magical. It's, um, it's about uh, four teenagers. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much, but it's uh, it's about four teenagers who live in Salem, and uh, the the town gets crazy, and uh, everything escalates, and uh, they are about to getting hunted. Yeah, it's 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 not about magic or religion; it's about misogyny. I do have one like honorary mention. I like to say this one. I love this movie so much. Big Fish. Have you guys seen Big Fish? Yes. It's a, it's a Tim Burton yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, one 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 of my favorite Tim Burton movies. What are you what what are also, your top 3 Tim Burton movies you guys? Green Knight uh, was also, you know, uh, kind of a yeah, witch movie to too. Did it have a witch? Well, the mother yeah, was kind Margana of a witch. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, Stop of giving course. Spoilers. Was, sorry, but it was oh, she, she's in the beginning. She's yeah. in the beginning. That's the setup. Yeah. 
that's that's the setup. Um, okay, but before we start discussing uh, the Green Knights and turn this episode <laughs> into a two-hour one, um, let's <laughs> let, let, let's not do that. Um, even though it's very very tempting, Jaren, what's your favorite quote of this film? Ooh, it was based on that ASCII thing, but I'm going to change it now. Uh, this is going to be my second favorite quote for this movie. Um, I think the Revenant or some cleric or something says something like. Poor little hysterical witch. In the Middle Ages, you were in conflict with the church. Now it's with the law. I even I I, I remember that quote. Yeah. Yes, poor little mm -hmm. hysterical witch. That felt so uh, mm -hmm. belittling on the on the one hand, but also like yeah, endearing. Cute, a cute <laughs> quote from a cute <laughs> movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think we arrived at the end of this episode. Okay, Dave, let me explain this to you. Um, mm. I found this USB stick with these about 300 movies on it. And uh, we've recently started to uh, try to come up with theories why this collection was assembled. What is the connecting thread uh, between all of these movies? What is the purpose of this collection? Um, so far, uh, one, one of the things we've been uh, coming back to again, again and again, because I found this in like a, in like this underground uh, locations in these uh, abandoned catacombs, that looks like a location where, where you would have like a pop-up party, like an underground mm -hmm. party thing. Um, so, so, so that could be something, uh, because, because there are many silent films here and, and it's, uh, otherwise very visual films like Tarkovsky stuff and, uh, films like that, like films that, 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 that work in more ways than cinema films that feel ritualistic. So, mm -hmm. uh, we were saying that maybe somebody, uh, organized like parties there. There are, there are also other commonalities between, uh, the movies. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, for example, in this case, uh, I see a connection to Dr. Caligari. Uh, both of them are concerned with, uh, the post-war treatment of mentally ill people, um, which mm -hmm. I think is weirdly, um, specific for a connection between, uh, for, uh, between, between two of these movies, right? You guys? Mm. Yeah, for sure. I think I, I feel like looking at the list now, I think there is a massive connection between a lot of these movies in that a lot of them d like explore faith and mythology and people's beliefs. Like you have the Decameron, you have Destiny, you have this movie, you have a lot of like, and maybe about how religions and mythologies uh, affect people. Um, but there's also a lot of like interesting other things like election and uh, things that have absolutely nothing to do with that. So I think there's a lot of connectivity with maybe it's a film club like ourselves or people of people like ourselves that want to know more about movies and have picked random bunches to talk about. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe this is like another alternate variant reality of uh, the podcast we both do. Um, but I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of different ideas here from the movies that I've seen because there's never ending stories. There's different fantasy type of epics that aren't like, you know, as well known or are really known as the two I just mentioned. So maybe it's like that kind of exploration of what fantasy does on people or does I, to people. I love that. Uh, and, 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 uh, also the, the, the aspect of, uh, re uh, religion and, uh, mythology, because, because of course the more interesting theory, uh, about who assembled this, uh, uh, collection would be, uh, maybe there is some, uh, Lovecraftian type cult, uh, in, mm. um, 
in Torox and and maybe maybe this is all part of a, of a very very big ritual. Um, that's that's my personal favorite theory, and I love uh, collecting hints that, um, that 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 make this theory believable. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, uh, no, no, but actually that's that's um, that's an interesting observation because yes, you're right. Uh, there's lots and lots of uh, mythological and uh, religious stuff in here, which is maybe be uh, why I uh, was so happy uh, to find it. Like there's a lot of stuff uh, <laughs> on the stick that, that that I'm very interested in, and I love uh, mythology of all kinds. Uh, yeah, and since you mentioned that, uh, we um, we thought, okay, why is um, Merlin and Arthur there? Uh, yeah. Because the Mythology. other movies were more like artsy, fartsy, and um, and Ar Arthur and Merlin is very uh, for the television mythology. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Jaren, uh, do you have a new theory or do you want to expand on this fascinating thought? I think since we almost established the owner of the USB is a male person, they just wanted to see boobs thinking there's like witches and rituals and you know naked rituals and so on and they were just disappointed and forgot to delete the movie afterwards you keep coming back to that theory um <laughs> but i think that theory have has a major flaw this oh. is that flaw <laughs> Yaren, there <Yep>. is porn <laughs> porn exists sure but you know old boobs from a century ago that's priceless You can't get that from porn. There is silent movie porn. Mm -hmm. Is there? I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people uh, from 100 years ago were just equally horny and they did uh, film <laughs> uh, clips like people do on their iPhones. Really? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole subgenre of it. And they were on like a lot of Nickelodeon. So those are the thing. It's not just a cartoon channel um in the u.s uh at least i don't know if they if you guys have it in germany <laughs> or europe um but you used to be able to like look in these types of consoles and you'd have like it would just be like an ocular type of thing where you'd look and you'd like turn the thing over and over and over again uh like you know how old cameras worked and uh yeah there was just like little peep shows and you know women dancing around naked and you know different french uh dancing type of things as well so there's a lot of things that people just go to like you know how they have those dirty type quote-unquote dirty movie theaters or triple x rated movie theaters so yaren your horny man theory is debunked <laughs> uh right. my lovecraftian cult theory is currently uh the front runner Um, if, it's, if it's a horny man, he uh, had kind of a, a, an interest in like erotic because... Um, he had very eclectic taste then. No, you guys, <laughs> the horny man theory is uh, debunked. He also has the devils on there, which is like one of the most banned movies of all time, uh, which is also about witches and witchcraft and how... Uh, during the 16th century, it was a big controversy about witchcraft in a uh, convent in France. So this is like one of the craziest movies of all time, apparently, um, where a nun masturbates with a uh, supposed um, martyr, um, his bones after he was burned to death um, or not martyr, a heretic as he was burned to death, um, which also features in Space Jam, too, apparently. So what? what? <laughs> Just, just, yeah, just um, up until the <laughs> masturbation, I thought, I want to watch that film now. And then I was like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Yeah, no, uh, one of the nuns that is in The Devils, um, which apparently is like one of the, I don't know, people think it's like one of the best horror movies of all time. Uh, it's by Ken Russell. 
and it was banned almost everywhere immediately. Um, it's with Oliver Reed, Vanessa Redgrave. Um, it's a really British movie. Um, but um, one of the nuns in their habits is in the background of the basketball like type of scenes in uh, Space Jam 2 for some reason. Also the Droogs and a bunch of other people that shouldn't be in that uh, movie. <laughs> that, that's a very random decision. Uh, may, maybe Space Jam is the key to all of this. <laughs> maybe maybe we have maybe to it's watch the director. Space we don't know. Jam 2. All right, uh, we should uh, tie this up. Um, Dave. Thank you so much uh, for uh, lending us your knowledge and uh, your your well thought out um, opinions uh, to this film and for for making us watch it. Uh, I think uh, this was like we 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 now watched three silent films in a row and uh, this was the perfect one to end this stretch mm -hmm. with. Um, and yeah, uh, thank you, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, go over to Cinemalennials, which is a, a really good podcast. If you enjoyed um, the thoughtful uh, takes of Dave and 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 all the knowledge he brought to the table, you will get even more of that uh, over in his podcast, uh, which I can only recommend, if, especially that uh, episode about uh, the Wiz Wizard of Oz. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's a good episode. Fascinating guest. Um, thank you so much. Um, and I hope we can do this again sometime. Uh, Yaren, yeah. Nissan, we are going to watch uh, Bakuro Sonata premiere. I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. Bacurau, something like that. I have no idea how to pronounce it. It's Portuguese. Me neither. I just tried French because why not? <laughs> but, um, but great, great movie. The great movie. You've seen movie it? I've seen last year. Oh, you've seen it, it already? Should have, it should have won an Oscar and everything. It was amazing. Ah, interesting. Uh, so you say this is, this is amazing and I can be looking forward to it. Yeah? Yep. I will trust you and do so. Great. <laughs> uh, looking forward to next week then. Thank you. All of you, so much. This was fun. Um, there is nothing left to say for me than bye. 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 bye.